Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, your Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. And today, as we sit here in the middle of the offseason, February 11th, recording around 9.30 at night on Thursday, uh, I'm going to go out and reach out to somebody I've known for a long time who's been a high school coach for a long time in South Florida. And uh, he's won. He's won a whole lot in his coaching career. And uh, he's also sent a lot of players to the University of Miami. It's set up, uh, it's, it's almost been a pipeline here the last few years between the Hurricanes and Shamanad Madonna. And of course, this is Coach Damian Jones, who we welcome to the show. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I was just telling you off air before we started recording this, that uh, you you and South Ridge are tied for the most kids at Miami uh, or going to have the most kids at Miami, uh, five each here in 2021. Uh, does Manny Diaz, is he going to start paying you rent, man, for all the times he comes by to visit Chaminade to recruit your kids or what? what, what is, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of kids want to, you know, stay home, man. He, he, he's doing a good job down there, trying to change the culture a little bit. So uh, it's enticing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get into, you know, um, all of the kids that you've got at Miami now, how, how, you know, how they sort of came along when you first got them, how you've seen them develop over the years. But first, I want people to get to know you a little bit. Um, you were a really good player yourself coming out uh, of high school and, uh, I know you you signed with Tennessee State, uh, you're running back, all that kind of stuff. And uh, you thought you were going to be the number one overall pick one day from from what I understand. Yeah, man, I was supposed to be a uh, first pick in, in uh, one of those drafts, man. But that didn't end <laughs> up happening, man. <laughs> you ended up getting injured, right? Tell, tell us the story. Yeah, I got injured. Yeah, I, I got injured the first first game uh, tore my Achilles. And wow. so uh, it was, wasn't the same since then, you know. Um, so, um that's why I kind of preach to my kids now, man. I always have a plan B and plan C, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That's why those conversations I have all the time, like, you know, what what, what you're going to do just in case football is taken away from you, you know. And when you're picking these schools that you, you're trying to go to, what if football is taken away from you? Do you still want to attend that school, you know, to finish up your degree? So, I mean, it's just a conversation that, you know, I just try to educate uh, these kids and, you know, because everybody thinks they're – uh, going to make it to the NFL. And, you know, that sometimes isn't always the case. You know, a lot of times isn't the case, you know. So, you know, they have these lavish dreams of taking care of, you know, uh, buying mom a house and taking care of dad and stuff. And I just try to educate my kids where, listen, you can still do that, you know, get a college degree and, you know, pick a field that you're going to make that type of money. 
to be able to take care of your parents, you know. But all they see, you know, coming up is the NFL, NBA, rappers. So that's kind of what, you know, the mindset is. And that's just kind of the culture where, I'm, you know, I, I try to change it. Yeah. And and it's important to send the kids that message because, like you said, they immerse themselves so much in football and that and they think that's the only way out. But they forget that, you know, getting a scholarship, the value of having that degree and, and the way it can help you get a job is so important. Um, and you've had a lot of guys, right, that are now do- done with college and they got their degrees. I'm sure you probably have some good stories of guys that, that are into careers and have done other things besides football. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's kind of it's kind of heartfelt a little bit, you know, just because, you know, you some of those kids probably wouldn't have even went to college if it wasn't because of football um, and for them to go there and get a degree and come out and have a good job and, you know, living a good life, man, you know, and, you know, it just makes you feel kind of good, you know, like you have something to do with it, you know, so um, I'm proud of all those guys. It's a bunch of them, um, but I'm proud of all of them. You know, and it's a couple. Yeah, it's a couple in the NFL. You know, and you know, like I say, it's a small percentage where you know that can happen. You know, but you know that degree is very important. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of the the guys in the NFL. Tyler Huntley, of course, was was a great quarterback for you at Hollandale High School before you went to Chaminade. Uh, him and running back Zach Moss. Uh, I know Tyler. I guess is on the practice squad with the Ravens, and of course Zach is. I just finished what his rookie season or second season in the NFL with, with the bills. Um, yeah. First, first rookie season. Yeah. Rookie and then season. Josh Hammett, Josh, Josh Hammett plays for the, uh, Jacksonville Jags and, mm-hmm. uh, John battle is, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, not, not, not a bad deal. That, that team was pretty good. Yeah. That was a very good, uh, Hollandale team. And Damari Simpkins, I know, um, uh, who went with, Tyler and Zach to Utah. Uh, he broke the school record for games played. I think fifty-four games played, thirty-six career starts. So you talk about kids that take advantage, right, and go to college. And uh, I'm sure he got his degree, right. And uh, another example of, of a kid who, who accomplished quite a bit. Yeah, he got his degree. He got it in three and a half years. He uh, he graduated early as well. All three of those guys did. Um, from Utah, uh, and now he has his own business with, um, like, uh, fitness. So mm. he he's he's blowing up in that area right now. So uh, I'm just happy for him, man. Happy for, you know, all of them that come out and do, you know, do great things, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you got uh, three guys that were on the Hurricanes uh, each of the last uh, two seasons. Uh, to Corey Couch, Cam Williams, uh, Keontra Smith, they were a big part of Miami's, uh, I guess that would be the 2019 signing class or 2020 signing. I can't remember anymore. I can't keep up with the Right. But uh, those three guys were the first three to go. And then now you, you just had Thad Franklin and Alan Hay, uh, you know, your star running back and, and one of your, your best defensive linemen and Alan Hay sign with Miami. So those are the five guys that are going to be going there now. I'm curious, how how often do you talk to Takori, Cam, and, and Keontra about, you know, kind of what's been going on with them? I know you you obviously still coaching football. I mean, you, you made it to the state championship again this year, four straight years. I know you guys didn't win it, but... Five straight years. Um, uh, yeah, I, I talk to those guys pretty often, you know, and you know what? I know they, a lot of people in their ear. Um, so when I talk to them, I rarely try to bring up football mm-hmm. just you know, just to talk about something different because I know that's what everybody else is talking to him about. So, you know, I'm just talking to him about school and life and, you know, just something different where, 
you know, when when they see my name pick up, uh, a coach want to talk about ball. No, not, not, uh, you know, so I, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. What's the experience been like for them, though? Have they have they really enjoyed it? I, I got to imagine they had to have because that's, you know, Thad Franklin, Allen Hay are deciding to go to it. If they weren't having a good time at Miami, I'm sure they would have told them. Oh, absolutely. Um, they 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 said it was tough at the beginning, which, you know, as high school coaches, we always tell them that. Um, but, you know, of course, they, they, they got to touch the stove to find out that, that it's hot, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, it was tough at the beginning just with the uh, weight room and the conditioning stuff that they thought they was ready for, but they wasn't. And once they got the hang of that, man, it, it was okay. And that's the conversations that they have with Thad and, and Alan now about, hey, listen, forget about uh, lifting a bunch of weights right now. You need to be doing a whole bunch of running. You know, that's that is kind of the uh, what I know Keontra's, you know, communicating with that. Like, hey, listen, make sure you're in shape when you come up here because mm-hmm. you're going to be running, you know. So and, you know, they, they're, they're communicating that to that and and Alan, man. So they're doing a good job on that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah. Uh, to Corey, uh, of the three of them, to Corey kind of took, you know, the big step into a starting role. I know Cam and Keontra have both been part of the rotation. We're part of the rotation in 2020. But to Corey, at the end, you know, kind of the midway point, Without Blades, he ended up taking the starting job from him and then, you know, kind of holding it the rest of the year while, while Al was out dealing with uh, with a heart uh, condition issue. But uh, Takori did really well. I know the bowl game, you know, he, he, they called him three times for pass interference or whatever because he was maybe being a little too aggressive for the referees liking. But Coach Diaz loves him and loves the way that he plays. And I think uh, – you know, Coach Demarcus Van Dyke, who's now the cornerbacks coach, was talking about how he originally nicknamed the Chihuahua, but he had to change the name because it was it wasn't mean enough for him. Uh, right. To Corey's development. Oh man, I'm 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 
not surprised at all, honestly, mm-hmm. because he's just that always had that mentality. Like he's a he's a he's a film guy. Like mm-hmm. he breaks down film and kind of just kind of knows what you're gonna do uh, in, in the game situations. And he's he's not a chihuahua, but he's a pit bull when it comes to mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know he he plays with that chip on his shoulder because guess what? You know his weight sit isn't where it probably should be. Um, so that's why he has that dog mentality, man. So uh, I just I'm just so happy for him because it showed this year where you know we've known this for you know last couple of years what you know he's capable of doing. Yeah, and and it really looks like he's set up well. I mean, I, I know they brought in. Tyreek Stevenson from Georgia, and he's probably going to be one of the starting corners for sure. But that's going to raise the level of competition at that position. I'm, I'm curious, is Keontra, uh, I mean, is Takori talked to you at all about, um, you know, that that kind of situation when when, you know, you got so many seniors, you know, around you guys that, that obviously are competing. And, and it's not like he's going to a bunch of uh, freshmen. You know, he's got older guys that are in the room a year older than him. Uh, competing with him for playing time, uh, you know, when you're in that kind of situation, what advice do you give him? And or maybe what did he talk about with you? His mindset is, you know, he just wants it to be uh, evaluated fairly and because, you know, he's going to go in there and do what he needs to do. So he's not he's not intimidated by the moment, you know, of just the seniors. And he, he, he's, I don't know, he's different, man. Like he's always been different. You know, so he 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 feels like, hey, I'm gonna outwork you, I'm gonna outstudy study you, and that's what's gonna get him on the field. You know, of mm-hmm. course, at the beginning he felt like he should have been there, but you know, I just told him to stay patient and wait your turn. It's gonna come. You know, and and that's what he did, and it, it happened that way. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember hearing about him coming out of high school, and I remember talking to you about him, and and you just talked about like don't pay any attention to the weight because he's gonna play much bigger than that. And I think yes. we've seen him, you know, really work at adding the weight. And he's like you said, he's still not where he wants to be. But I think once he's a finished product, I mean, he can be a guy who can play on Sundays. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I really think that. And he's doing better now with the way he's put on. I'm not sure at least 20, 25 pounds that he's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, he's actually getting to his goal, you know, so I'm happy for him. And Keontra is another interesting one because he was a guy, when he played for you, you had him all over the field, not just safety. He would play in the box. I mean, he would make plays everywhere all over the field. And he's got that unique position at Miami, which is basically a striker, uh, which, you know, can play, like you said, in the box or, or in coverage, you know. And it really takes advantage, I think, of his skill set. Um, but right now he's he's there with Gilbert Fireson, who is a year older than him, who is the starter, but he is playing some. I guess what what's Keontra's uh, attitude kind of been, you know, through these first two years? Well, he he's gotten better. Um, he knew, you know, he had to get his feet wet. Uh, right now, his mindset, and that's all their mindset. You know, they're just going in. You know, when camp starts, they, they then their mindset they're going in to take a job or you know keep a job. That's their mindset, you know, and I don't know. It's always been that way, man. They have that uh, compete attitude, you know, because, you know, where they come from, you know, at Shamana, you, you compete, you know, nothing's nothing's given, you know, and they're taking that same mentality to the University of Miami. Yeah. And Cam uh, Williams didn't really play much. Uh, I think his first season, I, I, I don't know if he was dealing with some sort of like academic issue or not. I can't remember the exact de- details with him, but I know he didn't get a chance to play a whole lot his freshman year. 
And then his his second year, he was a big part of the rotation. He did get in there and play quite a bit, um, you know, with with some of the other guys. What where's Cam's head at? And, and I guess what's been sort of your message to him? Well, you know what? His first year is probably, you know, missing out on football kind of woke him up, you know, type of ordeal where uh, coming into his second year, man, he he changed his body mindset. You know, he was just, you know, he kind of strolled in there like it was going to be easy. Then realized like, oh, my God, this, this is not easy, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of got adapted, man. And now he's loving it. He, you know, he, he's he's a different kid now where, you know, his body didn't change and mindset where, you know, he's like, coach, you know, this is going to be my year, you know, so. I'm happy for I'm happy for all of them. And now that I'm thinking about it, Manny, we was talking. You said we're tied five with with Southridge, huh? Yes. And that that easily could have been six with uh, Andy. Right, Borgales, right? Who I know he ended yeah. up transferring, I guess, so he could get into school early, right? That was yeah, so he can get into school early. Yeah, that's my mm-hmm. boy. Kid, <laughs> yeah so really we'll he's give you five up. we'll give you five and a half how's that <laughs> yeah give me five and a half man <laughs> he, 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 he he gonna break numbers over there as well man he gonna do he, yeah it, yeah he gonna do a good job over there yeah he's got a really impressive leg and people were impressed with his brother and i'm like man this kid is gonna be even better you know not that his brother was a bad kicker in any way shape or form but i think andy's been 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 sort of a natural from a younger age from his brother uh, Jose, who obviously w- was a great kicker, I mean, he was a Lou Groza award winner. And so it's kind of scary to think. Right. I mean, what, what was the most impressive kick he made for you when he was at Chaminade in, in 19? Oh, man. Um, I don't even remember the game, what team it was, but we were on the, it was a 50, I want to say like a 54, 55 uh, yard field goal. And the other, you know, the other team didn't even rush because they thought we was trying to run a fake. It was like, <laughs> ain't no way you kicking from there. And man, he kicked it, he boomed it, and it it, it still had maybe another ten yards to go. You know, Amazing. that 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 kid is very very impressive. And that's when I you know reached out to. Um, at that time, it was what Hitston about the kid because you know no one really uh, knew about him. And mm-hmm. I told Hitston, man, this kid's special. Like he's number one kicker in the nation. Like it, you guys would be crazy not to take this kid. And mm-hmm. you know, from there, you know, it was all she wrote, man. But that kid, he gonna play on Sundays definitely because you don't see it. He, he's not. He don't have his brother's physique. You know, mm-hmm. his brother has a nice physique. And he's smaller, but man, it's like a golden leg he has. <laughs> Fifty-five yarders with ten more to go, and and, yeah. and he's a junior. <laughs> That's the scary. Yeah. Part. <laughs> yeah, he was a junior, and that, that that was crazy. That kid, that kid is special. Yeah, and of course, you got two more, two more guys uh, who we haven't talked about yet: Thad Franklin and and Alan Hay. That I want you, I want to get a little bit of of your thoughts on. Thad obviously was a big time part of your guys' success the last three years or four years there at Chaminade and, and, you know, running for all kinds of ridiculous amounts of yardage, a big power back. And his recruitment to Miami was sort of interesting because, you know, obviously all the kids were affected by the pandemic and not being able to take visits and everything else. But I remember, you know, when I talked to Thad before, uh, this must have been high school media day in 2019. And he was, he was committed to Miami, but it's one of those things. All the kids want to be able to, talk to schools, figure it out, see what they really want to do. 
and he decommitted, ended up recommitting to Miami. But everybody was like, oh, he might go to a Big Ten school or somebody or something like that. In the right. end, he stuck with the Hurricanes. What was kind of the whole story with that, with that and what, what happened? He, he, he really wasn't sure. He really wasn't sure. It's like, you know, it's like having one girlfriend your whole entire life and not able to have another one. You, you don't know what another girl looks like, you know, and mm-hmm. that's kind of his ordeal. He hadn't seen uh anything else or you know so he wasn't sure um and his thing was you know he he's not afraid of competing either you know Mm -hmm. but his thing was he was like he wanted to go to the right situation you know um and at that time miami uh and and that's the thing i try to you know coach these kids up on you know they'll watch a game one week and something doesn't go right with how many times they run the ball or whatever the case may be. But, you know, at that time, a team's trying to win the game, so they're trying to do whatever it takes. So, you know, they look at stuff like that, you know. So, um, you know, it's weak. And I think at that time, Miami wasn't doing too hot. So, you know, um, they, they all that stuff kind of plays into um, a factor, you know. But his, his main thing, he wanted to stay home because he wanted his parents – um, to make sure they can come see him play and, you know, can get to him quickly. So that was his main thing. And he's been a UM fan, like uh, like a diehard before he even got to high school. Right. So, like, that was his dream school anyway, you know. So when it first originally happened, it was just like, you know, that's why he, that's why he committed so early because that's where he always wanted to go, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Miami is an interesting situation in the sense that they've only got four scholarship running backs you know cam harris was was their leading rusher their starter most of the season he ended up deciding to come back you know for his senior year instead of going pro and then you know both Jalen knighton and don cheney jr both played a lot as true freshmen and even robert burns who ended up transferring out he played uh some you know and i think you know in thad's case there's probably an opportunity for him to come in and find a role even on the team with three other running backs i mean you never know with injuries uh you know jalen's coming back off a shoulder injury <laughs> you know every everybody deals with bumps and bruises and right. he's certainly the kind of kid who could come in and, and give you something as a true freshman absolutely um especially you know with his size already coming in um I, I think he, he can, and that's his mindset right now. He's working out right now um, and playing basketball to, you know, make sure he stays in shape. Him and Allen are playing basketball right now. Um, so um, and he knows he has to go in there and compete. He knows that. he He's taking that challenge on. Like, he can't wait for it. So uh, I'm excited to see what, what happens, you know. But then also, I also have put in their head as well, like, listen, you know, guess what? If you don't go in there and play as a freshman, it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay. You know, wait, wait, wait your turn. It's going to come. You know, this generation, man, it's just the part of being impatient, you know, and we see it in high school. You know, kids want to play varsity as freshmen. You know, everybody's pattern is different, you know. Like, hey, some kids play two years of JV and then two years of varsity and still, you know, end up being that, being that guy. Guess what? Some guys play, you know, from a freshman. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't play as a freshman, it's okay. You know, and, I, and that's that's the thing because, you know, I just don't like guys running from competition. I, I hate it. I don't want you to get there and it don't get, you know, it doesn't work out right or I want to transfer a pole or anything. No, man, stick it out, grind, compete, 
you know what I'm saying? It, it, it'll work out for you. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent, but there was an article recently. Um, I think it, it was from 247 Sports um, that, that talked about how there were 400 fewer scholarships given out by FCS school, uh, FBS schools, uh, you know, Division 1A, uh, 1A uh, this year, in part because of the transfer portal. You know, there's more mm-hmm. kids getting into the transfer portal. Some schools are holding out for the transfer portal. But that also means fewer scholarships for high school kids, 400. Uh, did you have any kids who you thought were going to be, you know, getting into an FBS program that didn't because they, you know, a school ran out of scholarships or whatever? Oh, absolutely. This was the worst. Yeah, I've been coaching over 15 years of high school down in Broward County, man. Mm-hmm. This was the worst year ever. And I don't see it, you know, getting better within the next two years just because of the transfer portal, just because of the extra year they gave everybody um, in college this year. Um, you know, and then the other thing, too, you know, you got college coaches, you know, getting fired left and right. So their mindset of it is, hey, I go get it in the transfer portal. I go get a JUCO kid that can help me now. Like, I don't have time to groom a high school kid that's going to be good in two or three years. I don't have two or three years. Somebody else going to be coaching. So I need to get a kid that can help me now. So I get the business part of it. But, you know, the high school uh, coaches and kids are the ones that's going to suffer. Yeah. How many kids did you end up not being able to have signed this year, coach? Just curious, out of, out of curiosity. Uh, two. Two, two, that you, um, two that you thought for sure were going to go? Yeah. They end up they end up signing, but they didn't sign where I thought they were going to go. So we end up having uh, nine. I had nine, nine singers that played. Mm-hmm. And we end up signing eight. But mm-hmm. that ain't bad, but Right. You know, it's just it was just it was just a weird different year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that is a guy that uh, obviously he would have ended up signing somewhere. Uh, Alan Hay, though, was a guy that was a little bit in terms of, you know, the recruiting rankings and all that stuff. They didn't have him as highly ranked as that and some of these other guys. I guess that uh, Alan was like a three star kid, but he impressed Miami coaches. They really liked him a lot. Um, Why do you think he's going to be a good fit at Miami? Well, this is the thing. His ceiling is so high because of um, his size and his speed. You know, he's been a basketball player all his life. He just started playing football in high school, maybe his sophomore year. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so he's been a basketball kid. That's why he's able to move so quick on his feet because he's basketball, you know. So uh, his ceiling is so high. And you, and the thing is, being a three-star, he didn't go to all those camps. Mm-hmm. You know, even with that, that probably ended up being a five-star or whatever the case may be. But they, they just went camp guys, made football plays, but they went camp guys. And that's where sometimes you go get those recognition cards and go to those camps. They didn't go, you know. Um, but Alan, Alan's, for his size, he's about 300 pounds, but can freaking move. Mm-hmm. And he's strong. So I just see the ceiling being so high for him. Yeah. And, and when you when the, when you talk to Miami coaches, he committed, man, that was like before the season even started. What what did they like about him? What did they say? Hey, man, this is why we'll take it. You know, we'll take his commitment. Oh, it's just this film just being very explosive for his size. Again, mm-hmm. you don't see kids that size move like that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you rarely see that, you know, um, and, and that's his thing because he's very good with his hands, his movement. Um, and a very, very smart, 
smart, high character kid. So um, I, I look for him. I look forward to him dominating uh, at Miami at some point in time. Will it be his first year? I don't know. But at some point in time, I look for all of them to dominate. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, and of course, you know, we, we've been talking how you have five guys uh, at Miami, or five and a half, right? Because we gave you the Borgales. Right. But but you do have a 2022 commitment already in Jamal Johnson, uh, the defensive end, who's listed at 6'2", 240, a three-star recruit, according to the 247 Sports thing. He's been committed since July uh, to the Hurricanes. Talk, talk to me a little bit about Jamal, the type of player he is, and, um, you know, what maybe what his commitment is like to Miami. Is it a firm thing, or is he still looking like everybody else does, you know, where they're kind of like, you know, let me see how well, they roll out. <laughs> they're, they're, they're kids, but he's pretty, he's firm. He's firm. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you something. That kid is a freak. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is he's a weight room freak, high character kid. Um, but he plays his butt off his high motor um, at playing defensive end. It's, it's, it's crazy. The numbers he put up this year was kind of ridiculous, you know. Mm-hmm. And he don't talk. He don't talk much, you know. And that's the thing with a lot of mine. A lot of my kids don't talk much. They don't say much, but they walk. They work their behind off. And Jamal's that kid. He was. He was a beast this year. Um, he had an outstanding year this year, man. And um, Miami gets him. They. 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 They got. A, they got a very good one. Yeah. Um, why did he commit so early to the Canes? Was that was he another one of those kids that just grew up rooting for Miami, or what? What was sort of the connection there? Yeah, he, he he was another one that grew up like in Miami, you know, and that was like his dream school as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy because as a freshman, he always used to wear Miami gear, you know. So uh, when the opportunity came, it was like, hey, this is a no-brainer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kid, that kid is special. Yeah. Uh, Miami obviously changed defensive line coaches. You know, Coach Stroud uh, is now in the administrative area. And, uh, you know, they brought back Jess Simpson, who I guess has been there, was there in 2018. And, you know, I know Manny Diaz is still there. But, you know, a lot of the defensive coaching staff changed. How How is his relationship? Has Coach Simpson come by to visit you guys? Or is it Coach Hickson that primarily recruits the area? Well, it's Hickson that uh, recruits the area, but you know, no one has come by right now because of COVID. But right, um, they're not not That's allowed. That's right, to they're not the allowed to. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm quite sure he has spoke to uh, Jess, but I'm not aware of it. I just know I, I deal with uh, Coach Sampson's, and I mean, I'm sorry, Coach Hickson and uh, and Manny. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about Coach Hickson a little bit. Did you have you known him for years? I mean, I know he's a Fort Lauderdale Dillard guy, but I'm curious if you had any previous, you know, relationship or friendship with him. Yeah, yeah, I've I've known him for years when he was at uh, Kansas and Akron, and uh, even being from Broward County. So I've, I've known him a long time. Coach Hickson does T-Rob. and T Rob too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Coach Hickson doesn't do many interviews. 
I'm curious, what's his personality like? And, and just how is he as a recruiter? You, you, you see all the different personality types, I'm sure, being a head coach of how guys right. recruit. What, what's his sort of approach and, and what kind of guy is he? Uh, his approach is, I guess, just kind of being um, straight up with him, you know, with kids. And that's my biggest thing with any college coach. Just be straight up with a kid. I, I know it's your job to try to, you know, ooh and um, you know, but, you know, don't put a kid in a bad, bad situation, man, because when you do that and come in a lot of kids, then I feel like you're lying to me and, and you know, we're going to have a got gonna have an issue. We're going we gonna to cut some ties off. So um, he's he, he's always been straight for even you know you know talking with that you know he's not telling you know some coaches would be like hey you'll come in and you're gonna play right away you know i don't want you to tell my kid that i want my kid to come in there and, and work and earn to play right away and that's what he he did he's always been um you know just honest and straightforward with, with, with stuff like that but personality wise man he's a good dude that's, i've known him for years just real kind of laid back he ain't a he ain't a media guy, so I, when you say he don't give too many interviews, that sound like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we kind of we we we, we kind of like so. Yeah, I'm getting this interview just because you and I go way back, right? <laughs> that, that, it, it, exactly, exactly. Because I turn them down all the time. People probably think I'm this and that, but you know, I just feel like when it comes to certain things, it's, it's about these kids. It ain't about me. So right. No, well, I appreciate all the time you've given me so far. I got a couple more for you. The only reason I bring this up is because you talk about the way you handle relationships. And, and Miami's coaches, I think, have done a really good job recruiting the area. That said, they've also had to part ways with kids sometimes, you know, because you, it's really tough from their perspective. You, you, you have to sort of offer kids when they're real young, right? Sophomores, juniors. And then if a kid commits, you know, if he doesn't live up to his end of the deal or doesn't play as well, you know, sometimes the schools part ways with them, which has happened, you know, vice versa, the kids part ways and so forth. The whole situation with Willie Moyes, I wanted to ask you about just because, you know, he was a kid who was committed to Miami and then, you know, they ended up parting ways with him. I'm curious how that situation played out and why maybe the relationship between Miami and Chaminade was able to survive. Because some people may look at that and say, well, you know, I'm angry with Miami or whatever. I guess from your perspective, how, how did that whole situation? Oh, Nah, because at the end of the day, that wasn't on Miami. Okay. That was on Willie. Okay. You know, so if it, you know, um, one thing I can say, Manny has uh, been, you know, straight up with me since day one. So if it has been an issue or anything, Manny, Manny, you know, we communicate and, you know, whatever, but it hasn't been anything. And with Willie Moyes, that was on him. You know, he, he had a rough patch in his his life, um, you know, with his mom being sick or whatever. And that kind of took a spiral a little bit with him. Um, so he was able, his mom was up in, uh, where was Jacksonville? I want to say Jacksonville. And he had to move. So he, he didn't even finish the year at Chaminade because his mom was sick. So he had to get up, go up there and be with her. And he missed school time. Okay. And that kind of affected him academically, you know, so... I had nothing to do with Miami. And then now, um, you know, he's at Coastal Carolina ripping it up. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because, you know, anytime there's decommitments and stuff like that, people always, oh, what happened? You know, did the kid not live up to it or something happened or did the, you know, did the kid leave them because he wasn't happy with the coaches? And so there's always that speculation, you know, nobody really knows why, but I appreciate yeah. you you answering that and giving some clarity to that situation. Yeah, it was, it wasn't Miami, but um, that, that kid, you know, I wish, I wish it would have worked out because that kid's going to be a Sunday guy. He's that good. Wow. He's probably one of the best offensive defensive linemen I've seen in the last couple of years. Wow. Like, he is good. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more kids I wanted to ask you about of the 2022 class, just because they're guys that I know Miami is interested in or has shown interest in in the past. Uh, obviously, Kenyatta, Kenyatta Jackson, who's, you know, the kind of the, the big star, I guess, among the recruits for your, for the 2022 class. Um, you know, 247 Sports wrote that, uh, his recruitment is going to test the strength of the Chaminade to Miami pipeline due to the fact that Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Oregon, and so many schools are after him. <laughs> you agree with wow. or disagree I, with that? <laughs> I, I'm glad I don't read the, the news or websites. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, do I think uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough? Do I, I do I think he might do something different than Miami? Absolutely. I do mm-hmm. think that. Okay. But I, I I don't know. And the reason this is the thing, and I and I tell people this for years, I don't coach kids up to go certain schools. You know what right. I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, if that school don't work out, you're not gonna be like, hey, coach, you're the reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just try to educate my guys on what they need to be looking for and you know, you know, depth charge. Uh, schools again like I started off at the beginning if something was to happen to you and you couldn't play football anymore and you had to just attend that school would you be okay attending that school mm-hmm. you know um so these are conversations uh we have but um yeah that that's gonna be a tough one that's gonna be a tough one but I, I kind of think I, he has told me he wants to get away so mm-hmm. that that and that's the reason why I say that um, because he said he wants to get away. So, you know, a lot of them say they want to stay home, but he's saying he wants to get away. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And of course his family, he's got two family members, I guess, who, who went to Miami, right? His aunt Misty and, and his uncle, uh, uh, Rudy Barber Jr. Who was a starter on the, uh, on the nineties teams there at Miami. And, uh, so I'm sure, I'm sure they would love for him to stay home, but every kid's got their reason, right. To want to go somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah uh, I don't think the pipeline can ever be damaged mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, as long as it's communication, you know. But I understand what you're saying with kids committing early and uh, Miami having to, you know, part ways. And that's hard to do when guys are in your backyard. So mm-hmm. um, it's tough. Yeah. And, and and just the type of player that he is, you've had so many great ones there. Where does – I don't want you to, to to rank them all in order, but is he towards the top of the list? Is he in the middle of the list? Where where's, Where is he uh, for you in terms of players? Uh, man, you're, not, you're not, you're not going to do me like that, man. No. <laughs> He's on – hey, 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 all of them on the top, man. All so, of them yeah, on yeah. the top. I, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, all of them are good because, you know, somebody going to hear it. They go, Coach, why you do me like nah. <laughs> nah. Well, how about just from a purely athletic standpoint? I mean, 6'5", 231. 
that's what they list him at anyway. I mean, just from a from from his physical gift standpoint, um, you know, man, he's listen, he's a freak. He's blessed. Mm-hmm. He's blessed to be that size and agile and can move. And let me tell you something about him. He's very smart. His football IQ is ridiculous. So whoever gets that kid, man, he, he he's special. Mm-hmm. What's the most impressive thing you've seen him do a play or even something on the basketball court? Is there anything that you look at? And you say, my God, I can't believe this kid. Um, just him sniffing stuff out, knowing that it's coming, just reading, reading, deep, reading offices rather, mm-hmm. but just seeing him take on double teams and still make plays, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because in his younger day, you know, he get double team and he used to get frustrated. Now he knows the double team is coming and kind of, you know, accepts that challenge and still makes plays. So that's kind of, that's kind of the growth and the maturity that has come with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamal as well. Like Jamal used to get frustrated in his younger day as well. But now he just he I don't know. He 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 just takes it on, man. So mm-hmm. uh with maturity, you know, it, it's growth. Yep. Um and, and so Jamal and him, they're they're your two edge rushers, or do they do they ever play side by side? Do you ever move one of them inside at all for 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 the tackle uh, spot? Or how do you kind of rotate them? Yeah. In certain in certain packages, if we go like maybe a thirty front or a big package, mm-hmm. um, or we try to go goal line, Jamal might play next down. We'll we'll bump Jamal inside. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to get a dominant side. Yeah, we we, we, we play with it like that. Mm-hmm. How do they complement each other? I'm sure they must be really good buddies too, right? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Lockers right next to each other, so they they always uh back and forth, you know, with just ideas and on how to get better. You know, and it's 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 just different, man. The type of kids they are, you know, very humble, uh, humble kids, and you know, with great work ethic. Mm-hmm. Two other kids I wanted to ask you about that I think Miami has shown interest in in the past, and I I don't know if they still got a chance at any of these guys, but maybe you can provide some insight on on how the recruiting's going. Brian Dilworth, who of course is an Auburn commitment, one of your cornerbacks. And then Ryan Turner, the other cornerback, uh, both of them are three-star kids. Curious how how Miami's recruiting them, if they are, or what how how their involvement is. Yeah, they're they're recruiting both of them. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how how hot or cold it is. I, I have some. You'd be surprised. I I really don't pay attention to because they do more talking with them than I, I would, you know, mm-hmm. at this point in the game, you know, until it comes up to spring ball or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two guys are are ridiculous when it comes to freaks and, you know, um, film, film gurus. Um, they're very athletic. So okay. I'm curious to see what they're going to do as well. Yeah. Coach, uh, listen, man, you gave me a ton of time, and I really appreciate it, man. Um, I got to I gotta put you on the spot one more time. You, you've been so successful, obviously, at the high school level. I think I shorted you a state championship, didn't I? You got four, right? No, 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 okay. no. I got, I, I've been five years. I only got three. You only got three. Okay. I, I, I don't only got three. Championship. Nah, it's okay. It's <laughs> but, okay. Not a big deal. I got to imagine at some point or another, people have to be asking you, hey, do you want to join our college staff? Has that happened often at all? And and I guess for you, what makes you stay at Shamanai? What makes you feel, you know, like, you know, so deeply involved with these kids? You know what? It's crazy. It's been every year. I even got off when I was uh, 
at Hollandale. That last year I was there, I got. Mm-hmm. So I turned on I turned on college jobs every year, and the reason being is just um, more impact on a kid. I feel like mm-hmm. in high school, you know, and stability, you know, um, the way they, you know, college coaches change. Nowadays, man, I don't know. That's just something I'm not really interested in. Mm-hmm. And, and and that kind of life, having to spend the road on the recruiting all the time, that's probably, I mean, I know right now we're in the middle of pandemic and everything's been through Zoom, but whenever that thing gets cranked up again, I'm sure that's probably one aspect that you maybe don't like too much being on the road all the time. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not a fan of just being on the road. I'm not a fan of uh, just... That that that's it's stressful enough in high school. College, you taking it to a whole nother stress level now. So mm-hmm. I already my hair is already gone. So, <laughs> so what do you think of this job, man? He's done. I mean, you know, two years. He went from six and seven to eight and three, and it feels like the recruiting classes are really, really getting better. He looks like he's doing a better job of it. What what's impressed you most since he took over for Co- for Coach Rick? Uh, just just probably the, the recruiting classes that he's getting in there and, um, you know, the people he's surrounding himself with, you know, because as a coach, man, you're just as good as your staff, you know, so because he can't do it all by himself, man. So I, I think he's doing a tremendous job with just getting the right people around him. And so he's helping him, helping him build and dealing with the, the South Florida culture, you know, because um, even when he was the D.C defensive coordinator uh he still wasn't the head coach so he didn't have to deal with a lot of things so now this, a lot of that stuff he has to deal with right now man and he's doing a good job of just kind of deflecting a lot of that stuff because you know south florida's different man you know they they, they want to win now you know right. they want miami to win now so um i think he's he's there i think he's getting there you know i i, I honestly think um offensively i think they're getting better every year Defensively, I think they're getting better every year. I just think um, they're just one big time quarterback away. Now the kid, you know, they had this year was he's come he's coming back and that's going to be tremendous for him. But after he's gone, they I just think they're they can start getting some quarterback big time quarterbacks rolling in here. That's going to be the game changer. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think uh, the Jake Garcia kid, Tyler Van Dyke, they're both really good young quarterbacks. I'm interested to see what happens once they be get, you know, get a little bit more polished, uh, you know, and, and ready adapt to the college game. I think, you know, he's got two guys that are pretty good. Um, I'm interested to see what they look like this spring. Um, man, this pandemic's been really, really tough. How, how did you guys survive it all, man? Uh, man, it, it was it was tough week to week, you know. Mm-hmm. It was week to week, you know. Uh, starting practices late because you know you got kids, you know, doing virtual classes. Then you know after school, you know, getting trying to get to the school for practice and uh, temperature checks and uh, uh, equality checks. It, it, it was it was crazy. It was yeah. crazy. Multiple buses because you have to social distance, and then we couldn't drink out of uh, water bottles for a while. Um, so we, we used to have to kind of have the little small water bottles at the game. Like you get, you know, like the 12 ounce bottles. It, it, it was crazy. It was just different. Mm-hmm. The whole year was just different, you know, and the way it's looking, I, I don't know if it's going to be any much different this season, this upcoming season. So we'll see. Wow. 
and and I'm sure the college coaching, you know, the the, the calling of the kids. That were, did you have to be involved in any of that stuff? Were you sort of the middleman when they were trying to reach the kids? I, I wonder yeah. if it was more of a headache or less of a headache when they're visiting. Uh probably probably a little bit of more where you know you gotta they gotta call you to tell the kid to call them because you know they can't call them and uh yeah it was it was, it was a lot and bunch of zoom in and. Um, I think the kids kind of got tired of all the Zoom calls and virtual tours and all that stuff. So um, I don't know, it kind of it kind of got played out a little bit for a lot of them. Because imagine if you're talking like 20 schools and you got to get on 20 different Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could wear you out a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, good luck. When does spring football start for you guys? Uh, supposedly May 1st. Okay. We'll see what happens. Right. And I think the coaches, the college coaches have their fingers crossed that they'll be able to, to get back on campus in April. So or April 15th, I guess, kids, kids visiting them on campus. So Yeah, that's what I heard today. I heard that. Um, I doubt if they get on the road, that's still up in the air, but mm-hmm. uh, kids will be able to come on campus. So, Right. Right. And that and that I'm sure will affect things quite a bit. Right. I mean, in terms of kids picking schools, because it's so important. I mean, I'm sure the kids must have talked to you about that. The fact that they weren't able to see campuses. I'm sure that was like it affected them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's big because you kind of it's like getting married to a girl that you never met before. You You never seen her. You never seen her. So you you about to marry her, but you never seen her. You don't know what she looks like. And a lot of kids had to go in blind on some things, man. But because of the pandemic, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Coach, thank you so much, man, for all the time. And I really wish you luck. You're one of the, the best coaches in the business. And I really mean that. I've been doing this for a long time. You really are very personable and, and good and down to earth. I know you do a lot of good for these kids. So thanks for uh, for giving me time tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And thanks for having me. Real Y'all know y'all come down that way.